Welcome, one and all, to Morbid Universe. What exactly is Morbid Universe? Well, you guys already know who I am, and if you don't, I'd be more than happy to oblige. I'm the host of the Meatweed Podcast, which is more lighthearted. It's very fun to do that episode, the show every week. It's very easy, but I thought I would do this series. A very, very deep dive into morbid curiosities, the unusual, the macabre, things that go bump in the night. I thought it'd be more fun if I went into drastic, dramatic detail, telling you guys something a little scary. After all, it looks like aliens are back in the news. And aliens are something I've always been fascinated with. As well as my neighbor, who, if you all know, recently had a ghost sighting in his very backyard, which followed him to his shed. For those familiar with my character, you're probably thinking, well, this is very out of character for you, Mr. Meatweed. What are you doing? Well, here's the truth. I've always been interested. Who amongst you hasn't? Who amongst you hasn't looked at the news and thought, these are some unusual things, or maybe in your own family, have had things go bump in the night? Shadows that appeared out of nowhere. Maybe dead relatives trying to contact you. You never know. And it's, a, it's not always about the morbid side of life. It's not always about life and death. Maybe we're not alone in the universe. Maybe we don't understand the universe. In this series, we're going to touch on far more deeper topics. And I'm going to be more serious while doing it. Because the truth is, I think it's time to branch out into a more serious topic. Let's get into it. Years ago, I developed a fascination for the weirder things in life. The color black, for example. I always dress in black. You can ask anyone who knows me in person. Used to be because I was goth, but now that I'm older, I find the color more alluring. There's something about a lack of life. A lack of color, joy, anything in there. It, it simply exists. That's what I like about it. It also looks very slimming on me, but you know, that's besides the point. Thing is, right, a lot of people seem to know me as that guy still. The one who knows a little too much about what happens after we die, what certain diseases do. And most importantly, I think the biggest one is people come to me for advice when it comes to cryptics. Things that I shouldn't know about. Things that are weird to study because there's no proof of their existence, but many people swear by their existence. For example, alien life. Is it real? There's a high chance that there is. It's almost absurd to think that we're alone in the universe. The question is, what is an alien? The problem here is people always get this wrong. Think of it this way. Science fiction wants us to believe that maybe an alien is a human-shaped creature with big eyeballs, a mouth, and very, you know, no sexual features of any kind. But there's the problem. You gave it two eyes, a head, and a body like a human. What if an alien looks nothing at all like a human? We have plant life. Plants are alive. We have ants with all their legs, spiders with their eight legs, many eyes, and covered in hair. All of these things are alive. The point of the word alien is that it is something that is alive, 
from another planet. It is foreign to us. It is alien to us. So why is an alien supposed to be shaped like a human? Why do we have this image in our heads? The answer can be narrowed down to simple biology. You see, humans want to see something humanoid. That's the term. Where in order to fully grasp and finally understand or maybe try to understand something that is ununderstandable, something that is beyond comprehension, we must see it the way we see ourselves, the way we see another person. You know, two arms, two legs, two eyes, two of everything, a lot of duos. They don't have to be perfectly even, but it helps. Now, what does it have to do with the gray alien? Think of it this way. It has a perfectly shaped head, eyes exactly next to each other. They're just a little bigger. And that one ominous difference is enough for people to think there's something wrong with this creature. Now, here's the thing. Listen to me when I say this, because it's kind of a big deal when I thought about it. When I first grasped it, why do we have this biological fear of things that look human but are slightly not? It's known as the uncanny valley, where something looks human, but it's off. There's something wrong. Biologically speaking, our ancestors had something that they saw that was human, at least close to human, close enough that we knew it was not. So, we grew up with this fear. This anxiety of something. It really brings into perspective how you see an alien. You know, the term. Because you think, okay, so maybe there was something. Maybe there still is. You never know. The problem is, the only way to truly know these answers is to see it yourself. And I guarantee you, you'll be absolutely paralyzed with fear when it happens. Another example, aside from the uncanny valley, is this. Have you ever looked at a fence, or a wall, or some clothing in your closet, let's say? There's low lighting, and you swear by everything that you see a face. However, there is not a face there. You see two black dots, the so somewhat of a shape of a nose, and a little bit of a shape of a mouth. You swear by all means it looks like a face. Sometimes it doesn't even need a nose, so you get rid of it. And the depiction of a gray alien, two eyes and a mouth, and that's enough. And you know why? Again, biologically speaking, we wanted to see faces where they weren't there. There's a, there's a word for it. Pareidolia is the term. In fact, it's a fun history lesson thinking about the term. Pareidolia was once thought to only be a symptom of psychosis. But in recent years, they've noticed that everyone has this. The reason being, humans are very quick to detect faces and things. So when we detect a face that is not a face, we have pareidolia. Because we'll quickly look at it and we'll realize, oh, that's just two dots and a somewhat smirk. A very easy example is this. Have you ever drawn a smiley face when you were a kid? Two lines and a smile for a line. That's it. It's that simple. It's not hard to grasp. But you've got to think of it this way. There's a reason that you perceive that smile as a smile. You see? You've seen eyes. You've seen people, humans smiling at you, okay? At least I hope you have. And with that, you grow with that. You grow older with that. Our ancestors... When they were babies, growing up, they would see their parents smiling at them. Smiling is biological. When humans are happy, the muscles on the side of our mouth scrunch up, you know? They, get, they, they tense up a little, so our, our, our mouths curve a little upwards on the side. 
And that's a smile. It's very simple. So you get that evolutionary speaking. We've seen it in our ancestors over and over again. That's besides the point. The, the point is, humans are fast at detecting faces. We'll detect them in things that aren't there. That's called pareidolia. Okay, you're getting there. The reason being that we made aliens human-shaped is because it's something easier to understand. The only thing that we made foreign is their technology and the planet they live on. But who's to say that aliens are human-like? I subscribe more to the idea of H.P. Lovecraft's idea of an alien, a creature that is intelligent in their own way, that can be perceived, but it would drive a man mad trying to understand it. Or just like in one of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's books, where an alien is gigantic, no one knows how it got here, and yet not a single person can see it. It is invisible, yet it is the size of, it is the size of a barn. You know, it's massive. And that's, that's the thing here, right? You got to think about life on other planets, not in human terms, but you got to think of it like this. If somebody visited us, if an alien planet visited us a few millions of years ago, they would not have seen humans. They would have seen dinosaurs. Now, that could be true on other planets as well. If we visit other planets, we could see their version of dinosaurs, which, in my personal opinion, alien dinosaurs is a fascinating idea. I don't know. No one, no one ever seems to have touched that topic, and I really wish they, they would have, you know? Honestly, brilliant. I'm going to write that down. So, a good question for those asking out loud, but I can hear you thinking about it. Why even bring up aliens to begin with? Well, we got to start this episode somewhere, right? Here's the thing. Las Vegas. We all heard about it, right? If you didn't, let me enlighten you. Happily. An alien was reported crashing, and the family that recorded the event has actually asked people to leave them alone. The thing is, there were supposedly two humanoid creatures in, the, in their backyard, and they tried to record it. They tried the best they could, but, I mean, when you're scared, you tend, you tend to have a shaky hand when you hold the camera. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, it, it didn't go as planned. There was a very glimpse... A very vague glimpse of something in the backyard. Don't get me wrong. Just a glimpse is scary enough, right? But understand it this way. It was the entire family crowding around a small fence, looking over and trying to find two big alien creatures. Many people swear that they could see two 10-foot-tall creatures in the back trying to operate a bulldozer, I believe. One of those machines. Some heavy machinery that's in the backyard. One side note about the video taken. There are a lot of people who watch the video, and for some reason, I don't know why the internet tends to do this, because the video wasn't crystal clear and perfectly recorded, which most UFO sightings aren't, most cryptic sightings aren't, you know? I hate to break it to you, like, I want to believe in stuff, but the thing is, a majority, if not all, recordings of these things are either faked or doctored or exaggerated. And in this case, the family that recorded it we're getting bullied and scrutinized by everybody. They had to move, okay? So I'm asking you people, if you guys know where they're at, leave them alone, please. Let them move on with their life. They saw something that they believed was an otherworldly event, and of course that would traumatize anybody. No one brings into perspective, no one brings to mind how terrifying it would be to actually meet something from another, another universe, another galaxy, another planet. Hell, our neighboring planets, you don't know. 
It could be something on the moon watching us. You wouldn't know. And, again, just leave the family alone. They've been through enough. It's tragic to have to move because people either didn't believe you or they just, you know, they're, they're playing their own law games. I'm not sure what's going on or why they're... Well, I mean, I do know why. It's the internet. The internet tends to be a cruel place. God, believe me, I know. I really do wish them the best of luck with the internet. Because the internet tends to forget things pretty quickly. That's the important thing. Having said that, what I'm noticing on the internet as of nine days ago recording, military whistleblower claims U.S. has UFO retrieval program. Now, I first discussed this, or rather, I first saw this when Mudahar discussed it, and I was blown away. I looked up the news source and everything. It does seem legitimate. However, I'm more concerned with the fact that we are now getting more information, because back then, you know, Area 51, we had the whole storming it, saying they can't stop all of us. Alien fever was at an all-time high a few years ago. And it seems like it's back, mainly because we now have, you know, ring door footage of a green light, and who knows? There is a good chance, right? There's a good chance that something is there. Again, I want to believe. I want to believe that we're not alone in the universe. Think of what's, what's more terrifying in your head. That we have neighbors in the planets that we have life outside of the universe, our known, you know, our solar system, rather. I always get those interchanged. But what would be more terrifying if out of every single planet we've ever seen in every planet that has existed in the known universe, there is no life but us? Or is it more terrifying that every planet has something living in it that we just either can't comprehend or have not seen yet? Which is more terrifying? I like to think about that. That's really a good mental exercise for me. Because it's like, if we're alone in the universe, there's no fear of something invading us. But, if we're alone in the universe, that's sad. It really brings into perspective how lonely we could be in the universe. Going back to the whistleblower, I remember Mudahar discussing it, and I watched it with great interest. Whether it's a reliable news source, I'll never be able to tell. Based on what I've seen on YouTube, the news source that recorded this man is only two years old. And you know how tabloids can pop up at a blink of an eye. Regardless, if what he said is true, it's big. It's big news. Because the way, the way I would put it, I'm going to summarize it real quick. It's a long video. Not too long, but it's long enough for me to go, yeah, that's, that's a lot to discuss, and it's even more to take in. He claims that there have been times where, you know, flying saucers, or not, not flying saucers specifically, he never claims what the shape of this ship is like, but he says there have been aircraft, that's it, aircraft, that have crashed into the planet, and when they've gone to retrieve it, inside was not human. Either they found something dead that was not human, or they found that the, ship, the ship's controls weren't human, so to speak. Basically, as if the ship was crafted for an entirely different biological source. And that is very interesting to me. It goes into my theory that if we do have aliens in the universe, they're not going to be human, okay? Think of it this way. If we evolved from monkeys, that's one thing, you know? If we evolved from apes, we have that ape-like shape, bone structure that developed over millions of, millions of years. Or other planets, other animals, they evolved from that, they're going to look vastly different. If they, if they evolved at all. Now this next part is 
a bit not not for the sensitive crowd. And I'm warning you now before I even talk about it, because it is heavy. Understand me. Good. That's all I'm going to give you. That's your only warning. The existence of alien life could disprove every major world religion. That is probably one of the biggest fears of finding life on other planets that is significantly more intelligent than ours. Because if it turns out that there's significantly more intelligent life on other planets than ours, what's to say that our depiction of gods weren't just them coming to visit? You never know. There's no evidence to this. This is simply a theory that I'm posing out to the world. And it is just as terrifying as thinking about a giant alien creature just appearing out of nowhere. Of course, this theory does have some merit. It goes back further than you think. I'm not the first one to pose such a theory. This is just something that other people have always discussed when discussing ancient aliens and stuff in the past. Hell, it goes back as far as um, they built the pyramids, you know, stuff like that. Me personally, I don't believe that they built the pyramids. What I believe is that they've just always been around. If, you know, if they have been. Because the thing is, back then, when I was a kid, we had this book in our local library, and we would read it, and it was just very interesting, because the thing is, it had first-hand depictions of back then aliens just showing up, not talking to people, but their hovercrafts or whatever, whatever they have, flying above Romans, like ancient Romans. And there was a battle where a Roman leader looks up and he sees several, what he calls, shields flying in the sky. And his response is, I'm not worried about the shields flying overhead. I'm worried about the swords that would come after him. Of course, we, we know from context clues that what these are are flying saucers, you know. That, that's the thing, too. I've always heard of flying saucers being a thing. Do I believe it? I believe it's more of a government cover-up, you know? There's always, been, there's always been stuff going on in places like Area 51. Governments creating new hovercrafts and keeping it a secret from the public. Because in this context, if we have experimental flying crafts, wouldn't it be in the government's best interest to not tell the locals, to not tell anyone, any citizen, from risk of it leaking to other countries. That's where we get the Roswell incident. That's where we get Area 51. Because Area 51, people have always thought, there's aliens in there, it's notorious, it's, they've got to be in there, right? It's probably flying saucers. There very well could be, but this then brings up an entire host of other ethical dilemmas. When you really think about all of the stuff that happened in Area 51, all those years ago, and even recently with the storming of Area 51, that really yielded no results. It was a meme, so not much came out of it. How many people there genuinely believed they were going to go inside Area 51? No, I don't think anyone did, except for that one lady who did cross and kept walking in, and rather than shot, she was simply escorted out and given a fine. Now, if you guys have ever seen other videos on YouTube when you try to go into Area 51, they are not taking that lightly. They did not take it lightly with other people. When it's one or two people, all of a sudden, they power trip and they tell you, get the fuck out and all these things. But when it's a large group of people, all of a sudden, they have to stop because, hey, we're on camera. We got to act certain way. Uh, we got to act different. I never understood that. I never understood how we turned a blind eye 
to this very glaring detail. There's videos on YouTube where they aim a rifle at a family and said, get back in your car and turn around. But all of a sudden, we get a bunch of teenagers with cameras aiming at them. And what happens? They stand their guard and they just stand there going, all right, whatever. Is no one going to acknowledge the fact that a family was threatened? I don't even remember if it was a family or a single individual. Either way, you know, either way. They took it less serious when the cameras were rolling because they had no choice. It was to incite less panic. Truth be told, I wonder how trigger-happy some of them wanted to be. Because whatever's in that base, well, we're never going to know. We never went in. Storming Area 51 was just stand at the gate and have fun. We acknowledged it only recently, too. Governments haven't acknowledged Area 51 for long. In fact, up until the 90s, I believe. It was actually later than that. It was uh, 2013, which, you know, it, it's been there for years. But only recently did people, did uh, higher-ups, officials, governments, did they finally acknowledge it and even give us a location on the map. Of course, that doesn't mean we have access. It just means, here's where it is. And then the thing is, right, interestingly enough, they never said what they do there. They just said it's top secret, and that's enough. And everyone knows, men, women, and children, we're all very curious, so we're going to keep prying. Although, who's to say that the storming Area 51 phenomena was not there just to quench that, that urge to want to go and, and explore it? Who's to say that they knew, they knew that people were going to want to go eventually, so they said, fine, we'll just leave them into the gate, and that's it. There's a lot more secretive bases. This, is, this just happens to be one that's very popular because a lot of people have seen unusual sightings in the sky there. Again, it could just be that they're testing out secret, you know, secret aircrafts, which is fine. Let them do their thing. The, the funding for the military is significantly higher than one would think. If I, if I put it in a graph, you wouldn't believe me. But the thing is, all that money's got to go to something, right? And spacecrafts, experimental or otherwise, are very expensive. I mean, you can't just sit here and tell me that billions of dollars of taxpayer money is, isn't going into some weird shit in that lab, in those experimental locations. The thing is, they're smart, okay? They're very smart. Highly intelligent, super secret you know, spacecrafts. You never, you never know what's in there. Of course, every now and then, we'll get a glimpse of it. So whenever it's done, they'll be testing it for years, and then we'll get the, the brand new B-52 bomber or whatever. Stuff that's so powerful that it could flatten cities. That, in its own right, is beyond, you know, beyond superstition. These are real things. This is something that I've always thought of, where Area 51 branches that, those theories together of alien technology versus human technology. It's almost like a constant war that we're not familiar with that's only being fought in a single base. Interestingly enough, there was, there was a time where some, something was burning in the base and it caused cancer and killed many people on the base. That's the only legal time that, that's the only time that outside interaction was involved in this base. And when they did get in, it was just, you know, just to settle some legal stuff, court fees, and whatever. I don't, I don't see Area 51 as some bad thing. I'm not going to lie. A lot of people, I think, have this negative connotation of 
secret government, whatever. I think in this specific instance, give them their privacy. They're building the future. That's how I see it. Because the thing is, what's let's say, let's say that alien technology does exist and they're coming to Earth. What if Area 51 is our last line of defense? What if they're making some crazy hovercrafts that are just as powerful as alien technology? Of course, the problem is, all of this is theories, and we can't know for sure. This is a theory I'm posing, that Area 51, if it's secretive, it's because they're building something to protect us. Because what's the point of keeping something secret? Well, the point is that your enemies don't get it. It's very simple. Okay, so we've established that maybe there's life on other planets, and maybe they've tried to contact us in the past. Again, maybe. These are all theoretic. The only way to know for sure, and I'm telling you this personally, the only way to know this is to touch and see one on your own. The problem with videos, video surveillance, modern day technology, is that artificial intelligence is now here. Okay? We now have AI that can easily fool a man. It's up there with... It's up there with Photoshop, where... Originally, people thought, well, this is dangerous. It could be used for malintentions. Absolutely. Anything can be used by the wrong crowd with malintentions. This has happened in the past with people faking stuff. People saying the the alien photo originally that, that everyone has, the gray alien, was actually just stitched together and chicken guts had that. Um, you know, chicken guts in the stomach. That's all they had. I forget how it went. I remember the original gray alien our depiction of them, that's what it was. It was essentially a fake statue with, with chicken guts inside because the, the originally they were saying, well, it's an alien autopsy. Ooh, it's spooky. But it was a hoax. Having said that, I still believe maybe there's some life on other planets. Do they look like that? Absolutely not. Probably not anyway. We've seen a lot of, we, we've seen a lot of AI videos come out. And the problem is, it's getting harder and harder almost daily to depict reality from fiction if you're terminally online. If you're always on the internet, only watching videos on there, you'll never know, okay? You'll, you'll never fully know. So if there was some sort of big cover-up with these aliens, maybe it's for our best intentions. Maybe there are creatures from another planet that have come and have harmed us. In fact, in the video discussed earlier, the man has said that we've been attacked. You know, some some secret agents have been killed in the line of duty by something not human and you know these things tend to happen with interplanetary travel i assume however if you want to if you want an idea of what i think of when i say alien you need to look nowhere further than socatra island in yemen basically this island every single plant life on the island is unique it can't be found anywhere else on the planet. It's even home to the famous blood tree. Um, dragon blood tree, excuse me. And this tree is one of the only ones in the world that, when punctured or stabbed in any way, will bleed. It's interesting to see it, because what other tree does that? Other trees have sap and so forth. But the ecosystem in this one island is so unique, it can't... It really can't be depicted as anything other than alien. There is, of course, a theory that this island, being so isolated from the rest of the world, is just an echo chamber, a very small sliver of plant life 
that existed over 20 million years ago and never evolved. It could be that case, but at the same time, it's so drastically different from any plant on, on, on planet Earth that I can't help but look at it and think there's some alien intervention there for sure. It really blows the mind seeing it. I highly suggest go ahead, look it up. The pictures from the island are crazier than, than I could ever discuss on this podcast. If I were you, I'd, I would just go there. Like, if you have the money for it, yeah, go right for it. Socotra Island, that's what it's called. You're, you're going to see some plant life you'll, you'll never see anywhere else. Having said that, it's such a beautiful, beautiful view. See, the problem with researching aliens is the term alien is already a thing. It was already established. The term alien has its own definition. In fact, it has its own Latin root words, alienus, which is um, not belonging. That's it. It's that simple. Basically, the term alien being already used has made it significantly more difficult to study the phenomena. What we're looking for is the term extraterrestrial. And the thing is, this word is pretty recent. At least recent in the term of life. Because in the years that Earth has existed, humans have been here for maybe one, less than 1% of the time it's existed. So maybe they did want to see us back then. And they didn't see anything. They just saw a bunch of big lizards and a lot of plants everywhere. Or even going back further, Earth itself used to have purple fauna. It used to have a much more different color. At least according to the purple Earth hypothesis, which does make sense. The theory is that before the development of chlorophyll, the purple-colored retinal pigment ruled as the top molecule for harvesting sunlight. Which... The problem being is that we, we can't exactly go back in time and see this, but it makes sense. Biodiversity has always been a thing, so of, of course, of course the purple earth theory makes a lot of sense. I always think about that too. It must have been really nice to go around earth, and instead of the default color being green, it was purple. How different would it be? You know, how, how unique would it be to go through this purple fauna? and and realize that even to us living, even natives to the planet, this looks alien. That's the problem with, with researching alien, extraterrestrial. Extraterrestrial, by the way, that word, very hard to pronounce, first off. But it refers to specifically things outside of the planet, outside, extraterrestrial. Terrestrial being Earth, extra meaning outside. That word is more accurate for talking about aliens. Because the thing is, aliens can also refer to people from another country. Take, for example, the term illegal alien. Anyway, aside from that, extraterrestrials. Let me pose a different question. One that's probably more on the nose. Is it possible that there's life on other planets, but they've seen how we react to other people? They've seen our wars. They've seen how we hate each other just for borders, just for imaginary lines, different skin colors. And they've decided, no, we will not interact with you because we know that we will be persecuted. Is it possible that maybe there are humanoid aliens and they've seen us and thought, no, absolutely not? Because they know for a fact that looking down on Earth, we can't even get along with each other, you know, let alone a different alien planet. Could you imagine that? Yeah. In theory, we could try to talk to them and maybe settle some things and go, hey, um, we, um, 
We, we want to learn about your technology and this and that. But there's always going to be someone who ruins it. Mankind is diverse in every way. What I mean by that is we have very intelligent people who are very open and care about other races. We also have awful people who do not care for anything outside of what they know. New things are scary to them. This contrasting belief is unfortunately what causes people to lash out at each other online and differences in religion will cause us to go to wars, maybe even for resources. That's it. So if we can't get along on Earth, who's to say we can't get along with another alien planet? Who's to say when they come over, we don't immediately try to hold them hostage and go, give us your technology, whatever. We can't really pose these thoughts because maybe there have been aliens that come and they visit regular people like you and I and they get blasted away with a shotgun. That's not going to look good, okay? Seriously, think about that. Mankind can't even help each other when we have different skin colors. All of a sudden, we're going to look at someone who's got gray skin, doesn't even look human, and believe that they're just going to accept them? Of course not. My question is, such a thing has never been done throughout the history of mankind, as far as we know. If aliens came and they did finally find our government and said, hey, we'd like to interact, how would we go about that? This poses another theory, another question. It's the same as when Columbus discovered America and we brought diseases. Think of it this way, alien diseases. God only knows, Lord only knows what's going on there, right? They have a different immune system. They probably have a different reproductive system for those wondering. Uh, we're probably entirely different in ways that we could never even comprehend or think about. Maybe even the concept of fingernails would be something different to them, you know? Things like that. Things we take for granted, don't even think twice about. I like to think that if we did finally come into contact, it would not be skin to skin. It would not be touching. It would be more from an arm's length distance, and even that is kind of dangerous. There's, um, there's an interesting thought, a, a nice, what's the term, thought exercise. When you think about this, the, the hard part about it is this. Let's say you do meet alien life, and by some miracle of science, they speak English. Maybe they studied your language for years to make sure to get it right in order for communications to go just fine. They land there in front of you. They're six feet away, maybe 10 feet away, and they're looking right at you, and nothing happens. Let's just say, okay, you're 10 feet away from them. You're there, they're aliens, you're human. And out of nowhere, they just kill over and die. How are other species, how are other aliens going to take that? You didn't do anything, you didn't kill them on purpose, you literally did nothing, you just stood there. But they're going to see that and they're going to think, okay, he attacked first. How can they prove that? How can they look at it and go, well, maybe some mind control thing, I don't know. That's the thing, right? These tiny things we don't think about. These little things we can't think about because it's impossible to fully grasp what's going to happen. We can only constantly think and think and think of what's going to happen and prepare for whatever we can. But we're never going to get everything. 
if it even happens. That's the problem. We don't think about these things because we don't see it as a possibility. We've waited for years, we've had the discussions, and nothing. We've even tried to contact outside life via satellite. The reason I bring this up is because the most plausible reason, the most plausible answer, is also the saddest one. Alien life does not want us. They don't want anything to do with us. They want to live and let live, and they're trying their hardest to not be seen by us. It's like an awkward friend at a fraternity party, you know? You just, you see them and you think, all right, you know what, I'm going this way. Because mankind just can't help itself when it comes to wars, killing each other, racial discrimination. We're awful people, okay? As a species, it's, it's awful. It's, it's, it's not good. It's like Stephen Hawking once said, life on Earth is about a six. Couldn't agree more. I understand the need for people to branch out, wanting to look to see if alien life exists. I understand wanting to see if there's anything bigger than, than what we are, you know? Anything that exists beyond the stars, beyond our reach. Anything that exists. Anything at all. Water. Just water is something we've been looking for. We found it on Mars. But what else is there? I have a little problem when it comes to this topic in general. And that's a problem that I believe most macabre topics have. It's very difficult to have a serious conversation about life on other planets, cryptics, things beyond our understanding without sounding like a complete crackpot. I know. I've had this situation many times where I talk to people and they just don't have the same ideas that I do. And then there are others that do. Those that do, I love. There's a very small amount of people that have the same wavelength, same ideologies that we do. And this is just the first one. This is just the first of many episodes to show up. Many others will show up. This is just me getting, getting my foot in the door. This is the pilot episode of this series. I will continue it regardless. Although, what the next topic will be, I don't know yet. In fact, let me put it this way. Ominously enough, just having this first episode being recorded, I had to stop recording. Because an ominous fire, a really, really big one, just appeared in my neighbor's backyard, eerily close to my recording studio. Very close indeed. So, maybe this topic, maybe some stuff I put up, maybe some stuff I said, has ruffled some feathers. So, I guess I'm just going to say it this way. Listen to these shows, listen to my episodes, while you still can. They might, not, they might not always be up. You never know. Maybe I'll be silenced. Maybe I've said too much. Maybe I just barely touched on some things, and we have a whole lot of stuff to talk about later. So I do thank you all very much for listening to the pilot episode of Morbid Universe. Because the truth is, we haven't even scratched the surface of anything. We're just going to talk about just about anything. Here's the thing. This will not be a scheduled series. This will come out whenever it's done. Therefore, whenever an episode is done, I will air it and it will be available for your enjoyment. Preferably an hour long. Because the truth is, this episode was supposed to be an hour long, but 
a lot of what we know about aliens and uh, the extraterrestrial, it pretty much just repeats over and over again. Let me summarize it for you. Basically, what we have are sightings of the unknown, followed by a series of unusual events, many of which have been debunked, unfortunately. The truth is, there's a lot of stuff that has happened that has not gone documented. How do I know? Because I've seen and heard a lot of people, eyewitness testimonies who have not recorded anything, but the key difference, the very, very specific key difference is that they did not search for fame. They did not want any popularity out of it. They were just telling a story as is, and they did not want to be famous for it. That's the key difference. When people are putting themselves in the spotlight, telling a story, they want the badge of martyr, which will not go in their favor usually, whenever they're lying anyway, unless they can prove it, which is why some photos have been doctored, some videos have been clearly photoshopped, and other stuff of the like. And the truth is, a lot of the sightings that we do have, some of them can be legitimate. The problem is, we have a wave of misinformation covering it. The way I see it is this. It's like a fog. When you have a fog of misinformation coming in, the light of truth becomes dimmer and dimmer. Therefore, the more false information we have coming in, the dimmer the truth becomes. Having said that, I will not stop looking for the lights. Because that's all we have in this fog of misinformation. What else do we have but each other? Every time I find someone who understands what I'm talking about, there's another light. And you know what? It feels good. Because the light is warm in this cold, cold, desolate universe. This morbid universe. Regardless of everything that happened, either to me or to those who think like me. We're out there. We've had unusual happenings. We've had stuff happen to us. In fact, I believe in this series. Just to be on the safe side, I should document things on an Instagram post or a page. I'm going to have a separate Instagram account. I will not have a Twitter for this account, but there's, um, there's, there's something I've been doing. Something I've been doing a lot, and that's Randonautica. If you guys don't believe in unusual strange happenings or breaking out of said matrix or whatever, here's the thing. I've been doing it for years, and every time I've done it, it doesn't matter what time of the year I do it, something always shows up. There was that time where I went down a mysterious alleyway and found nothing but closed refrigerators. Just 15 of them minimum. Like a, a shocking amount in, this, in the middle of nowhere. I didn't bother opening any single one of them. I just took off. There's always an... There's, there's some allure to the Randonautica app. I will be using it in progressing my, you know, writing down what's going on. But at the same time, I gotta be careful not to dox myself so I won't take pictures unless I really need to. You know what I mean? Of course you know what I mean. Anyway, that's gonna do it for this episode. This episode is... First off, I need to give some thanks. Thank you, Sarah, for the idea for this series. I've always had this idea, but I didn't think anyone would, you know, would like it. However, I was wrong because reception, as soon as I told some friends, they were excited. They, they think I have the voice for it. So you know what? I'm going to go ahead and keep doing this. And I'll do more research. And when the episodes come out, I'll announce it on both podcasts. And I'm really excited about that. I really am. Because there's always been some strange and unusual happenings going around my house or my neighbor's house or family and friends. There's always stuff going on. In any way, weird shit happens all the time. It just never goes documented and people forget about it. 
but I'm here to document things. So rather than talking about what's been talked to death, why not talk about some new stuff? Anyway, thank you so much for listening to the pilot of Morbid Universe. That's going to do it for this episode. There will be more to come, and I guarantee you, you will be either scared or at the very least, enlightened on new topics. And now, as my pendant says, Memento Mori. Remember we die. Anyway, I will see you all when I see you all again. Remember, if you saw something move in the shadows, let me know. We might have a new episode on our hands. Goodbye.